Amen. Thank you, Miss Autumn. All right, let's take our Bibles to 1 Peter, chapter number 1 again, then also uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter number 15, 1 Peter 1, uh, and I want to kind of uh, just briefly uh, touch on the verses from this morning, because uh, I didn't get uh, far enough in as I wanted to, uh, and uh, kind of fits in with what we're doing tonight. Uh, we uh, <clears throat> mentioned uh, briefly uh, part of the fact that uh, we sing that song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Uh, and we get the premise uh, from uh, for that song uh, and uh, that thought from First Peter uh, in one uh, respect. And begin reading there. You can remain seated tonight. Uh, again, bear with me. Pray with me. Not feeling well. And uh, so I'm looking forward to going home and going to bed. <laughs> and, uh, so pray with me or for me uh, and with me, I guess. Uh, verse number three. Uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed uh, in the last time. So we'll look at the resurrection again tonight here uh, as well as in chapter number 15. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless us again tonight. Uh, help me as I preach. Again, thank you for the faithfulness of your people out this evening. Uh, we pray that you bless them uh, and give us a wonderful time. In Jesus' name, uh, amen. Um, as you, if you were to continue on uh, with the passage in chapter number one, uh, we see a very familiar part uh, that talks about um, the trial of our faith, the difficulties that we go through or, or, or will go through in our life. Uh, and it says in verse number seven that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor at the glory and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Uh, a very um, a wonderful promise of God that God says that our, the difficulties that we go through uh, will work out for us uh, to a more eternal weight and glory. Uh, it's not things that God is doing to us. He's doing that for us, and God gives us that perspective. But one of the things that the resurrection does, besides, uh, of course, uh, it's the, um, uh, helps us understand that we have a resurrection that we can look forward to uh, in heaven, of course, that uh, we can go to. Uh, but it also, uh, this lively hope that God gives us, helps us to rejoice in the middle uh, of difficulties and trials. Uh, because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Uh, so we have in the resurrection a hope for tomorrow. Uh, and I'm not going to spend any more time on that. Uh, but also with the resurrection, uh, we have a hope for today. Uh, and something very practical that I want to show you tonight from, uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, if you make your way there. Uh, and for sake of time, we looked at the first several verses, uh, down through verse number uh, 7 or 8. Uh, with uh, uh, the beginning part of the gospel uh, that Paul was uh, reminding the church at Corinth uh, that uh, they're partakers in. Uh, if you remember the church at Corinth, uh, was uh, they were going through a difficult time. Not so much, I mean, they had persecution from without, uh, but one of the main issues with the church of Corinth uh, was they were just riddled with sin. There was all kinds of things that were going on uh, within that church, difficulties uh, with their own behavior. Uh, and uh, we oftentimes were our own worst enemies. Uh, and a lot of the problems that we bring on uh, in our life are problems that we brought on uh, ourselves. And so in the first uh, several verses, he talks about the resurrection of Christ uh, and uh, in the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel as it's presented, uh, and then rehearses for them and for us, obviously, uh, that uh, he was seen of many witnesses, 
uh, and uh, which are all proofs that validate the resurrection uh, of Christ and uh, in according to the scriptures. And by the way, as I uh, we went back and looked at the Easter week and uh, the crucifixion, uh, I referenced or made mention uh, that one of the reasons I do that uh, is uh, because of the uh, credibility uh, in the strength, the validity, or whatever that it gives to. Not that it, the Word of God needs any more of that, uh, but the Scripture is all sufficient. Uh, you can go to the Bible and you can see these things. It's not something that's a secret. It's not anything that uh, that's a mystery. There are mysteries, but uh, but that isn't one of them. Uh, and you probably have seen, just like I have all this week, people arguing about it and whatever. Uh, but to me, the most important part uh, is not necessarily, again, dunking on people or being right or whatever. It's just that um, this is a scriptural um, thing. Uh, and we can go to the Bible and we can see uh, these facts, uh, timelines and everything born out. So this foundation, the resurrection of Christ, uh, the Spirit taught uh, apostle, uh, the Apostle Paul, builds uh, on this structure and is giving them uh, what they need to understand for their Christian faith in order to live uh, and to serve God uh, in that time. And then he talks about what, uh, what we refer to, obviously, as the resurrection of the dead. Uh, and we'll continue with uh, reading down from verse number 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. Uh, and I, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And, uh, and here we can also, I'm, we're talking about the resurrection of the dead, but it's a resurrection of hope. Uh, he's, he's telling them that what they're believing or what they have believed uh, is truth. Uh, and he's using these questions to help them understand that. If Christ, verse 14, be not risen, then our preaching is vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If, if so be, uh, that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, uh, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. And so we find the resurrection of hope uh, and the resurrection of dead. He says, if, you're, if, there, if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Uh, you're still in your sins. You, uh, you're you're going to perish in your sins and there is no hope uh, for you uh, if he wasn't raised from uh, the dead. Uh, and, uh, and so he died for our sins. He must be raised, exalted to uh, God's right hand. Uh, we read, if Christ not, is not raised, there's no hope for man. In Romans uh, chapter number 5, uh, he deals with that. Uh, but there's some confusion. There was a lot of confusion in the early church uh, about the resurrection. Uh, some of it has to do with um, human nature. Um, I think we, uh, our attention spans aren't what they, <laughs> what they should be now today. Uh, and it was the same even back then. There are a lot of things that the Lord himself taught. Uh, that went in one ear and out the other. Uh, there were things that Paul taught in these churches uh, that not only did they not take to heart, uh, but then there were people that came behind him 
uh, and undid uh, a lot of what Paul uh, taught, uh, or they tried to, uh, on, and then Paul had to deal with that in a very uh, direct way. Uh, but uh, he says the resurrection happened, and so you have hope. Uh, there's a reason for all that you do. But then uh, they ask this question, if you get back into, let's skip ahead, maybe uh, verse number 35. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body uh, do they come? So the question was, or the confusion was, when Paul was speaking about the resurrection of the dead in, in chapter number 15, was he speaking of uh, the general kind of um, uh, resurrection uh, that we see in the end times uh, of everybody? Because everybody gets resurrected. Uh, and, uh, but not everybody uh, is raised or not everybody dies in Christ, all right? So remember, there's context, and we can read. And if you back up into verse number 23, it says, But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after they that are Christ uh, at his coming. And so he's talking about those who have died in Christ, those that are saved. And, uh, and another thing that clues us into that is uh, later on in the passage, he's talking about being sown in corruption and raised in incorruption and raised in glory. Uh, and those who die uh, not in Christ are not raised in glory, and they're not raised uh, in incorruption. And so uh, part of the truth of the resurrection, both from the Sadducees and the false teachers, uh, but I think uh, they themselves, um, maybe they had a mental block or whatever, but there was confusion uh, about that. So uh, he says, how are the dead raised up and with what body uh, do they come? And so he answers that in, uh, in the following verses, which we'll read uh, and uh, look at verse number uh, 30, um, 36. Uh, thou fool, uh, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. Uh, and that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bear grain. It may uh, chance of wheat or of some other grain, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. And all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, uh, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. Sown in dishonor, raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, raised in power. Sown natural, raised spiritual. Uh, there is a natural body and there is uh, a spiritual body. So verse number 37, uh, as they bring up this question, um, how is it going to happen? What kind of body uh, is it going to be? Um, it's not the same body that is sown uh, in the grave. Uh, just, uh, of course, recently fresh on my mind with the uh, uh, memorial services that we had here the last few days, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, um, we often say um, that's just a shell. Uh, that's just a body. Uh, and um, for me personally, um, I, I know people are different. Um, like, um, like when my dad, my dad, I mean, I live out here, but my dad is buried in Hermantown, um, Minnesota. Uh, and um, and I've never been I've never been to his gravesite. Um, I was there for the memorial uh, part of it uh, and the committal service and stuff, uh, but I've just never been back. And it's not because I'm not sentimental. I'm, I'm I mean partly uh, maybe so uh, maybe that's part of the reason. Um, but my dad's not there. 
Uh, and, um, and so I get it. In fact, at the cemetery, I was at a new Tacoma or New Tahoma uh, Cemetery out there in University Place, and it looks like there are lots and lots of people that went out there uh, and laid out flowers and visited for, uh, for Easter weekend, uh, and they do that. And that brings comfort to people, and maybe you do it. Uh, I'm not digging on you if you do it. Uh, but my point is, is that it's, it's, it's to me, uh, it's, they're not there. Uh, and it's a custom that we do, and, and uh, if you go there and, uh, and talk to the gravestone, um, it may bring you comfort, but nobody hears you, <laughs> all right? And, um, and I don't know how many times uh, that I have talked with people uh, about, uh, about those things, uh, the, the uh, superstition, a lot of, um, I've, I've had countless people tell me that uh, their dead um, loved ones talk to them. Uh, and uh, in, there are a lot of things that people think and say that are kind of fed to them by superstition and, and uh, false religion, um, Hollywood, uh, any number of, of things. Uh, but uh, when, when we die, the Bible says, to be absent from the body is present, uh, you're present with the Lord. And, uh, and so uh, those bodies are just a shell. It's sown in the grave, uh, and, uh, and it's raised uh, differently. Now, again, uh, we, we'll get into it maybe another message, uh, but there is um, uh, the resurrection of the dead of everyone, uh, all those bodies. Some will be, uh, of course, glorified, uh, and et cetera, um, others not. Uh, and, uh, and that is a truth of the Scripture that's laid out in other places. Uh, but I'm thankful that, uh, that as God gives us glorified bodies, there's going to be no cripples uh, in heaven. Uh, there's going to be no cancer, no deformities, and those types of things. And it's a God-given body. Verse number 38, uh, God giveth it a body, and it pleased Him. Uh, to do so, uh, and so uh, it's pleasing to the Lord, and, uh, and uh, it's a body that in every way is suited uh, to the individual spirit. Uh, we read about that in verse 38 uh, and uh, in verses 41 and 42. It's an incorruptible body. Uh, it says, uh, in, it's uh, verse 42, uh, which means it's incapable of death, the disease, decay. Uh, it's a body of glory uh, that God gives us. Uh, it's a body of power. Verse number 43, the resurrection of dead is sown in corruption, raised in, uh, in incorruption. Uh, it, uh, it's a spiritual body, verse number 44. And I don't know, because um, the scriptures don't uh, really give us any indication uh, as to what we can do in our glorified body. Uh, and, uh, but... Um, but there's, I was thinking earlier today about resurrection power uh, and, uh, and how um, um, I was even going to think maybe about teaching this maybe with the teenagers, but I won't because I'll just say it right now. Um, there are a lot of, um, with, uh, with superheroes and stuff, uh, they, uh, every, Hollywood's not coming up with any new ideas. Uh, so they basically take all their old ideas and then they go backwards. Uh, and they do all the origin stories and stuff with superheroes and everything else. Uh, and, uh, but when you think about your origin story uh, and who you are before you got saved, uh, and uh, when you did get born again, of course, God changes you. Uh, and by the way, um, uh, you know, I was referencing that uh, as, a, as an important part uh, of our uh, redemption. Uh, and uh, God changes us. Whenever we get saved, uh, He changes us. So we've been given power, resurrection power. Uh, I was 
you know, the old man and his deeds all changed, new life in Christ. Uh, and so uh, that was just a way that I was thinking about it, uh, what the power of resurrection, what it does in our life. And we don't, we don't delve into, we don't, we don't leverage, we don't, um, we don't use. In fact, most Christians, uh, if you think about it, live uh, a powerless uh, life. Uh, and so God gives us uh, a spiritual body, uh, in a glorified body uh, in heaven. Uh, then he says this in verses 51 down through 54, and I'm just getting to the end two verses here tonight. That's where I'm shooting for. It says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at that last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall uh, be changed. Uh, and uh, I alluded to this briefly this morning. Not everybody... Uh, is going to die a physical death. Um, we say that we all, we're all terminal, and we are. And if, but if the Lord doesn't come, uh, come back, uh, that's, that's the, the road that we're all going to take. However, um, the Lord could come back tomorrow. Uh, the trump could sound, and, and, uh, and the rapture can take place, uh, and we won't see death in the same way. Uh, and I, In fact, I, I saw somebody the other day, uh, they'd asked the question, do you believe in the rapture? And some pastors said, yeah, all seven of them. Uh, and, uh, and then people like, like, what are you talking about, whatever. And so he went back through all the different times where uh, people in Scripture were, were uh, taken uh, and, didn't, and didn't die a physical death, Elijah and different stuff, and uh, was kind of blowing everybody's mind uh, uh, with his take on all of that. Uh, but uh, it's a mystery. Uh, so he reveals a truth uh, that was kind of veiled uh, at that time, uh, and, uh, and it's appointed unto men, but not all men, uh, you know, I guess wants to die in that, re- in that regard. And I hope, um, I would rather, um, I guess for me, I'd, r- I'd rather go up in the rapture uh, than, than to die. I don't know about you. Uh, and I know I kid about it a lot, uh, about like organ donation and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I just want to, I just want to, uh, see how it all happens and, uh, and how it all goes. Uh, and so that could come tomorrow and that would be a blessing, uh, in and of itself. But then we have, uh, the resurrection song, uh, down verses 54 through 56. It says, so when this corruptible have put on incorruption and this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin uh, is the law. Uh, and uh, so we have in Christ victory over the power of sin. Uh, and we're strengthened uh, by God and His Spirit with resurrection power. There is no sting in death. God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and, uh, and this is a, a wonderful, wonderful truth in God's Word. I have a pastor friend who is looking at uh, a victory motorcycle, uh, and he wants to buy it. He showed me a picture on it, and I, said, I told him, I said, the Lord wants you to claim the victory. Uh, and uh, and he's trying to quote uh, some of these verses, and he said, amen, you know. Uh, and, uh, and so, I don't know, that might be twisting the scripture a little bit, uh, but uh, maybe not. Uh, and, uh, and so we have the victory. It's swallowed up. There's complete fulfillment uh, in, uh, in Christ uh, for us as salvation. Now, I want to get to uh, the resurrection incentive. And that's where I want to just park for a couple minutes uh, here tonight. So as he, to the church at Corinth, is laying out um, all the, these aspects of the resurrection, uh, it wasn't just, you know, for informational purposes. 
there, with all of the Word of God, there is practical truth uh, that uh, we can apply to our life uh, and live out. We know that the resurrection, the lively hope that we have, can help us to, um, to endure the future difficulties and problems, the trials that God says that we shouldn't find it strange uh, that we're to have them. He tells us we're going to have them. Uh, but because we, are, we have the hope of the resurrection, we can endure all of that. It doesn't matter what comes, comes our way uh, and, uh, because we, have, we know that we have the resurrection of the body. Again, uh, we can't be scared with death. Uh, and, the worst, and the best thing, I guess, that can happen to us uh, is to wake up in heaven. Uh, and what a wonderful thing uh, that would be. So he closes his argument with the church at Corinth with an exhortation. Uh, and like all um, teaching and preaching, it's to bring us to a point uh, of decision and to challenge us in some way. Uh, and he's doing that with them at Corinth. Uh, and uh, so he closes this argument uh, with an exhortation, uh, which is full of, of motivating power. Um, we, we need to be more motivated uh, as Christians today. Um, you know, I was thinking uh, about uh, all the difficult things that are going on in life uh, today. Uh, and a lot of the, the challenges, it seems like there's so many um, activists uh, that are, um, you know, pushing things that we obviously, as Bible-believing Christians, we don't agree with. Uh, that God calls sin, uh, abomination, uh, and it's just constantly, constantly being pressed upon us. Uh, and um, and it, you, I get tired of it. I know you do uh, as well. Uh, but, but what if we were as passionate about the things of God as they are about the things of the devil? And, um, you know, I can't, um, for years and years, you know, I would, uh, I would see people at, you know, maybe they're doing a Bible study at Starbucks, uh, and um, but they're from some church that they don't believe the truth uh, of God's word or some denomination or whatever that's not uh, a, a bit, they don't hold the biblical truth. Uh, and I would I would look at that and say, man, I wish uh, I wish they wouldn't do that or whatever. But you know what? Um, we're not doing it. You know, we're not we're not taking the gospel to to, uh, to people like like we ought to. Uh, and in uh, as much as I'm against the the. Um, Oh, I've said this about Islam. I'm against Islam uh, in the teaching of Islam, uh, but, um, but those people are passionate about what they believe in. In fact, there were some people uh, at a church, I can't remember where it's at today, but I was looking at all the, uh, you know, the reports from the day. You know, this morning our church was full, tonight's not as full. Uh, and it's like that all across uh, the country, and because uh, and people will show up on Easter like they would in other, other days of the year. And they said that this one pastor said they had um, uh, five Muslim families uh, that showed up to the church services. Um, they came on the buses. Um, they wouldn't come inside the building uh, because of their Islamic belief. Uh, but five of the teenagers, five teenagers from those five families, um, uh, were out, outside during the festivities and different things uh, and made professions of faith. And so, so that was a blessing in all of that. Uh, but, you know, they just, they just believe what they believe. And they're zealous about it. Um, but there's a zeal that's not according to knowledge. We have knowledge, we have truth, but we have very little zeal. 
uh, and we have very little passion. Uh, and so I, on the social media, I said, what if we had as much passion about the Word of God uh, as uh, men do about wearing lipstick? And, uh, and, and uh, we, just need, we just need to be more zealous <laughs> uh, about, uh, about living for the Lord. So we lack motivation. Um, and maybe, um, maybe that's one of the reasons why God does, in fact, send to us or allow us in our life um, trials and difficulties. Maybe it's to get our attention. I don't know. But I'd much rather be motivated uh, on my own through the power of God's word uh, than for God to have to push me. Uh, in these areas. So motivation. And here's the resurrection motivation. And we often take um, verse number 57 and 58 and we isolate it uh, from the rest of the verses and the rest of the chapters around it. Uh, But the therefore my beloved brethren is because of the resurrection. It's because of what we've just read. Because of all the things that God has done for us in the resurrection uh, he says to us, therefore, my beloved brethren, well, first he says, but thanks be to God, which give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we need to thank him for it. In fact, this morning when we gave the invitation, I said, let's, we'll come to the altars and let's just thank God uh, for the resurrection. Uh, and um, there were a few that responded to that. And I'm not saying that you didn't um, you know, thank God in prayer uh, in your seat. I just personally feel like there's just something different. Uh, about responding to an altar and invitation in a church service. Always has been, always will be, uh, and I think it's something that we should, all of us, um, go. And I'm saying, um, you know, a lot of pastors want people to come because there's a part of, you know, when you come to the altar, um, we had a lot of visitors this morning. Uh, We had a lot of people that I would assume are not saved. Uh, and, um, And maybe they're wanting to come forward, but then don't because they'd be the only one. And uh, so I can see the logic in doing that, but that's not necessarily, uh, we're not trying to manipulate somebody to make a move for Christ, uh, but, uh, but we, ought to be, we ought to go and we ought to pray. Uh, and so I said, let's thank God, because it's thanks to Him. He's due our praise, by the way. Uh, we don't praise Him like we should, uh, but God's given us the victory. Those, there's victory over death. There's no sting in death, but that came from God. Uh, and so we ought to thank Him for it. Uh, and we're reminded of that in verse number 57. Therefore, verse 58, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So seeing uh, the, uh, the glorious prospects that God has laid for us and out for us in chapter number 15. And um, he says, what manner of persons ought you to be because of the resurrection? So not only does it give us hope for tomorrow, uh, and because he lives, I can face tomorrow. So whatever difficulties uh, come our way uh, tomorrow because of the resurrection, we can face them head on because we live in resurrection power. And God has given us his word and the Holy Spirit of God. And, and uh, we have all the promises of the future. We know, uh, you know, again, uh, there are, uh, you know, the military surrounded Taiwan and all this stuff and Russia and uh, in China and all the stressful uh, what's going to happen, World War Three and all this kind of stuff. Um, as a Christian, you can just kind of chill. Uh, because you, you know and understand God's prophetic timeline. 
uh, so we can, we can watch the news, and even though in the, in the moment we see something, it can distress us, uh, but if we, how are we supposed to deal with that? Whenever we have stressors and feelings of whatever they are, uh, we're supposed to check our feelings with facts. And, uh, and so I'm not worried uh, about Armageddon uh, taking place uh, while I'm living here. Uh, because we understand what the Word of God says. So all the way through the Bible, we find this pattern where God lays out a doctrinal thing. Like, let's take, for example, because the word therefore in Romans, uh, recently we talked about this. He says, this is all that he's done, provides salvation for us. Chapters 1 through 11, without excuse. Uh, you know, the Romans wrote everything there, all that God's done and provided for our salvation, the battle that we have between the flesh and the spirit, Romans 6, 7, and 8. Uh, we get all the way through that, and he lays all out, doctrine, theology, wonderful. Uh, and he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Because of what he has done, here's the manner of person that you're supposed to be. Never, ever, ever. Uh, buy into this mentality, the modern Christian mentality, mentality that you don't owe God anything. Because we do. Salvation is a free gift, um, and, uh, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but because he has given me that gift, um, I serve him. I'm a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so what persons ought, ought you to be now that you understand this? And then he goes on in chapter number 16 with uh, more stuff and lists of things uh, that he rattles off uh, concerning collection of the saints and offerings and many different things uh, as he finishes up in the same manner that Paul uh, often uh, finishes up his letters. Uh, but the first thing he says is that because of the resurrection... Um, as a Christian, you should have a stability of character. Um, he says uh, to be um, steadfast. <laughs> um, steadfastness is, uh, is a character trait uh, that we should, uh, we should have as Christians. Um, to keep going, uh, to stand firm uh, in, in what it is that we believe. Uh, he says, if Christ be not risen, then this is vain. If this happened, then this is vain. What he's telling the Corinthians, and he's telling us, is that we can serve God now, we can do the work of the Lord, and it is not in vain, and we need to be steadfast and unmoved and always abounding in it. Because of the resurrection, because Christ rose from the grave, um, we, and we have resurrection power, there's no reason for us uh, to, to lose our steadfastness. Now, for me, when I read unmovable, um, and you can look it up, you know, the definition, but when I, when I see unmovable, uh, I'm like, stubborn. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to be moved. Um, I was, uh, we were on the way back from, uh, from lunch today, and, and I made a comment uh, to my wife. Just, um, there, are people that, there are people that don't know me that don't like me, <laughs> right? uh, just because I'm a Baptist. Uh, and, and part of living life uh, is getting to the point to where um, you're not concerned about what other people think. Because if you get concerned about what other people think, it just kind of, it, 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 can, uh, it can really hurt you. It can cause you to not do things and whatever. And, uh, and so I saw somebody and it's like they can't even, they can't even look me in the eyes. And, uh, and I just think it's sad. And it's because it's not anything that I ever did to them or whatever. I've always, you know, treated them nice or whatever. But it's because of what I stand for. Uh, and, uh, and the truth of the matter is, is that I am the, uh, the same outside of being a little more fluffy 
than I used to be and a little more gray uh, through my hair and, and my beard. Uh, I am exactly the same as I've, I believe the same way I've always believed from the time I got saved to the time now. I've just not changed. I've been unmovable. Um, I don't see a reason to change. Uh, and uh, I don't see any biblical admonition uh, to change. I just believe what the book says, and I'm going to keep believing that. Uh, and, and the reason I have the, um, the want to do that is because of what these scriptures say. God tells me that I'm supposed to be steadfast and move because of the resurrection of Christ, because he is who he is, and he did what he said he's going to do, uh, and uh, he sit at the right hand of the Father, uh, that I now, not just future hope and get through difficulties, or even looking at the resurrection of Christ um, 2,000 years ago as my hope uh, for, for heaven, which it is, it, it, the resurrection gives me um, the license, uh, the, the willingness, uh, the ability, the strength, everything to serve God and do the work of the Lord today uh, in April uh, 2023. So he says, because of the resurrection, you're supposed to be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding. He says, that's the character you should have. And by the way, abounding is abundance. Um, we're supposed to be doing more, so much the more as we see the day approaching with our theme uh, from, uh, from this last year. We're supposed, to be, we're supposed to be serving him more today than we ever have before uh, in our lives. Uh, and, uh, but what it takes for us to be motivated uh, is to think about what Christ has done. Uh, and um, well, and you, think, I, you think about Easter. Um, it's, it's churches all across the world uh, and I'll use the term church loosely. Um, this is everybody's big day. This is Sundays are the day where they take pictures of their crowds in their. We, in fact, we have one uh, on our website from an Easter several several years ago. Uh, and um, uh, I think my um, uh, CJ and Caitlin were here, and and I know that my my mother in law and stuff were here because uh, I could see them in the picture. It was a great day to take a picture because the seats were full. So that's what most ministries do. Uh, and uh, uh, or they talk about all the uh, people that came and, and got saved or whatever the case may be. Uh, and, uh, but there's 51 other Sundays during the year where they're discouraged. Uh, and there are a lot of people that promised me that they were going to be in church today, uh, this week, that, that, that aren't in church. And maybe that was your experience as well. As you invite people, again, they'll come. And, and, and I know uh, I kid about you know, putting out, uh, Autumn says, do you want some lilies? Uh, and I said, no, get me some Christmas poinsettias. Uh, and because uh, that's the two times people come out to church, Christmas and Easter. And so I remember one preacher said, I bought, I'm buying Christmas poinsettias for Easter Sunday to save you all a trip. <laughs> you know? uh, and, uh, and it's like, don't say these jokes or whatever. Uh, and uh, But... Um, so often, we, we allow for the guests and visitors during that one day of the year uh, to, um, uh, to set tones in a lot of other ways. And so uh, I hope today that the visitors that came this morning, uh, they come back again. They didn't hear anything other than uh, Bible preaching, gospel. I didn't really meddle uh, in a lot of different things. Uh, but, um, but there's no way I'm going to change what I'm going to say from the Word of God because of who's present. And uh, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. The stability of our character, uh, let, let not unbelief or the unbelief of others turn you aside from the faith of the gospel. Um, 
I know that biblically the illustration is that the world was in much worse shape during the first when the churches were being established um, under Nero had to be. Um, um, it's pretty bad now. And and one of the one of the reasons why I think Christians, but there's churches that are closing at a at a pace like you would not believe. Um, there are a lot of pastors uh, who are quitting the ministry um, uh, at a pace quicker than ever has been before, um, and it's not it's not because of um, health or finances or a lot of the reasons why people have quit in the past. It's because they've just been, they feel like um, there's no hope, there's no support, there's no, like, what can we do? It's like, it's like you're putting your, your finger uh, in, um, uh, you know, to stop the flow, uh, and it's like things are just busting out every time. It's like you can't win for losing. And, uh, but what God says is that as a Christian, you should always be steadfast and, and always, always stand your ground unmovable in a bound because the, the, it isn't vain. You may have invited people to come to church. They didn't come today, but it wasn't done in vain. Um, you, you can share the gospel with your coworkers and nobody wants to hear it, but it's not done in vain. We have a promise. There's a promise that God's word will never return unto him void. But there's a promise in these verses that we're reading that because of the re- resurrection, nothing that we do for Christ today is done in a vain way. It's, it's always purposeful, uh, and God always has a plan. It might, the results might not be what we want them to be, uh, or as quick as we want them to be, but there's nothing that is done in vain. I don't know how many times, uh, well, um, there have been many times in my life as a pastor where I've invested in um, lives, and those people are no longer in my life. Um, there, have been, there have been countless uh, numbers of, you know, of projects and things that you do that just they don't go well. Uh, and maybe you fail in one area or in that. Uh, but, the, but there shouldn't be any quit in us. Um, you know, it's when the, first, the first time you quit something is kind of hard. But the second time's easier. And a third time and a fourth time and on. And, and just, if you want to have a quitter's mentality, it's just really easy to get one. You just start quitting. And there are a lot of Christians who have quit on the Lord because of how difficult that it is to live for God in this present world. Uh, But we can say, praise the Lord uh, for Resurrection Sunday. And I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. And uh, and we believe in the resurrection. And we know that it's true. And and we know that it is uh, an integral part of our faith. uh, And it gives us hope for the future. uh, But it's the exact thing that, that gives us the ability to serve God uh, right now, and in uh, for us to be um, filled with character, and so it's uh, it teaches us to have that stability, and also it teaches of the constancy of what our service should look like, always abounding, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that it is not uh, in vain. Uh, and uh, it, um, when we stand before the Lord, we read about that in uh, the Corinthians, we Revelation twenty two. Um, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, every man's work will be tried for what sort it is. And why that's important, it is, it's why, what sort, it's why we do what we do. Uh, and and uh, that's how God measures us as Christians, that how, that's how God measures uh, the local church, uh, by what sort it is. That's why it's important that it be the right sort. Um, you know, motivation 
uh, is we're being motivated by love. We're supposed to serve God. Sincerity, all of that being what it is. Uh, but not everything that we do for God is accepted by God. Uh, and we understand and know that from, from, from Scripture, but we're going to give an account. And God tells us that we're supposed to be uh, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, for as much as we know, our labor is not in vain in the Lord. So uh, I wanted to touch on those verses uh, at the end of this resurrection chapter. Uh, because that's what Paul closed. He, he think, um, you know, yes, the resurrection is true. Um, it's not in vain. Uh, if it is, uh, if the resurrection didn't happen, then preaching is, is just a waste of time. Going to church is a waste of time. In fact, uh, look back just a few verses, chapter number 15. Uh, look at uh, verse number 29. He says, Else what shall we do which are baptized for the dead? If the dead rise not at all, why are, the, why are they then baptized for the dead? Um, now, um, the Mormons get this all wrong uh, about what the baptism of the dead is. In fact, even Christians can't necessarily agree as to what Paul means in this passage of Scripture. Uh, I believe that where he talked about baptism in its picture, uh, the dead in Christ were, uh, were likened unto death. The baptism of the dead, is, is the picture is in there, and I just feel he's consistent all the way through. But what he's saying is, like, why get baptized? If the resurrection didn't happen, why do that? Um, it's a waste of time. Uh, he says, verse 30, and why stand we in jeopardy every hour? Uh, this is a first century church that, you know, it's where they throw in people in lion's dens uh, in a coliseum. And, uh, and, uh, and this, is, this is time where people are getting martyred uh, for their faith. Uh, they, couldn't, uh, they couldn't serve God and live for God uh, in many places out in the open uh, because they were going to be, be killed. He says, why live like that? Why stand in jeopardy every hour if Christ isn't raised from the dead? Uh, I love that he says back in verse number 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead? So he's given kind of a negative and a positive kind of take on all these things. Through chapter number 15, he is risen from the dead. Uh, but he says, if he isn't, then why? Verse 31, I protest by rejoicing which I have in Christ. Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. If after the manner of men uh, I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage, what advantage it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. It's like if, if Jesus didn't come out of that grave... Um, we're completely, absolutely, 100% wasting our time. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, we know uh, that that's, he's, he's making the case. He's telling them it's rhetorical almost, like, okay, if he didn't, then why would we do this? We know that he did. Uh, and, uh, and he tells them to awake to righteousness in verse 34. Uh, and uh, for some have not the knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. Uh, and he raises this question about the resurrection because there is confusion, and he clears that all up for them. Uh, and, uh, and again, we, uh, we know that uh, that body is a shell. We, put, we, we place it in the ground. Uh, it'll be resurrected at that time. And we can't, uh, you can uh, um, burn it all up and spread it all over Pacific Northwest, uh, and uh, God will still work it out. All right? Uh, but... Um, um, our body uh, will be resurrected at that day. Uh, so we thank him for the victory we have in Christ, uh, that there is no death and sting. Uh, uh, there's no sting and death, but um, we're supposed to live for him now and stick to it more than ever before. The resurrection, as we celebrate it, what it should do is not just remind you of how good you have it, that heaven is going to be your home and that, that, and that you, can, you can live tomorrow because, because he, uh, he rose from the grave. Um, but everything you need to live for him today 
uh, and to stay true and steadfast and unmovable that what you're doing, everything we do for Christ uh, in the work of Christ is not done in vain. And uh, so I have to remind myself of that constantly uh, as, uh, as a pastor because there are a lot of things that, um, there's a lot of disappointment. You know, you, you expect something or whatever. Um, there's just, there's those things. And, um, and, and I never really want to get to the place. I fight it, fight it all the time to where I've got to lower my expectations. You know, if you just lower your expectations, they're easier to be met. <laughs> um, but, but should we ever get that way um, about each other uh, in our walk with the Lord? I don't think so. Uh, and, uh, but, um, but that temptation is there. Um, and, um, and, and I'll feel it. I'll feel it t- tonight. I'll feel it tomorrow morning. And, and this is what I do. I just remind myself that there's not a thing that I did on Sunday that was done in vain uh, because he lives uh, and is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Um, there's, not, there's not a work of Christ that you can do, and it's not just pulpit ministry or missionary work or whatever. It's the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's singing in the choir, working on a bus route. Um, there's just nothing. It might feel like you're wasting your time, and it might feel like from time to time you're just hitting your head against the wall uh, and not making any progress. Um, but living in resurrection power helps us to defeat that, that, that mentality uh, that is so easy for us to get into. Um, your, uh, we know, as much as we know, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So just like those men that were standing there gazing up into the sky, and, uh, and they're, like, they, they're reminded, why stand you here gazing? We've got work to do. Uh, and uh, and we've, got, we've got more to do um, than we think, and we should be busy, get busy at it uh, and really stick to it. There's, it. Now is not the time to change or throw in the towel. Uh, now is the time to double down uh, and, uh, and to speak up. Um, and Christians need to be doing that. Um, sec- the secular world, in, in some respects, they're doing that. And they're saying, whoa, time out. Um, you know, um, you know, in trying to get people to stop pushing uh, their agendas and all that kind of stuff. Um, but where are, where are God's people? Um, where you pastor, if I speak up my workplace, I might lose my job. You might. Um, um, there might be, there's always potential consequence for any time you take a stand uh, in anything. Um, but, you know, I just, you know, um, our heritage, our people, when they spoke up, they were killed. And uh, you can always find another job. Um, but, uh, but when you lose your integrity uh, in the workplace and you don't stand for, Christian, the, the, you know, for Christianity and what you believe in, um, there's, there's more negatives to that than, again, you uh, having to go uh, find another place of employment. Uh, but my, my point is, is steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Are, are those three um, words, adject- do those adjectives describe you? And if they don't describe you, why not? Um, and if, if not, fix it. Uh, and so what, I, what do I do to fix it? Well, uh, you, you pray, say, God, forgive me for not being steadfast and being movable uh, and not, a, and not a, abounding. Uh, and you ask God for courage. Uh, and the Holy Spirit will remind you by saying, you got, you got it. 
and I've given it to you, and I've given you the Holy Spirit, and I've given you the Word of God. You, have, you, you live in resurrection power. Uh, you just not, you haven't tapped into it. Uh, and, uh, and so you can do that. And, and then uh, you take your new resurrected power self uh, to your place of employment tomorrow, and you give that gospel tract to the person you've been afraid to give it to. Uh, when, you go to when you go to that meeting uh, and uh, uh, the diversity meeting, uh, you, you go, I don't agree. You, pastor, you can't do that. It's easy for you to say, we don't have diversity meetings at church. Uh, and uh, it's one of, the, one of the things about being steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, is you're, is you're um, cancel free. Can't get canceled. Uh, and, uh, and so that's easy for you to say, Pastor, um, but uh, I'm just saying the character we're supposed to have because of the resurrection uh, is to stand up uh, and be unmovable. And I know that's the way the world's going, uh, but you say, that's not the way I'm going. And um, I do not agree. And they say, well, if you agree, I wish I could, I wish I could make people affirm my beliefs. You need to, you need to affirm what I, what I believe. Or else, <laughs> you know, uh, what does that mean? Um, but we are living in crazy times. So you know what we need? Resurrection power. Uh, and we need to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding. Let's all stand tonight, our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and let's just take a minute to pray uh, to the Lord and just ask Him.